following message is from Narrative Church, a Lutheran church located in Williamson County, Texas. For more information, go to www.narrative.church. I've done something in my life that I never thought I would do. And it follows um, doing something that I never thought I would do, which is uh, in June, my second book comes out, which I have a captive audience, you know, just let me humble brag up here, right? Um, but, But I mention that not to say like, oh, look at Ted, he wrote a book. Because listen, if you had been with me about this time last year, when I was writing that book, uh, you can ask Matt and Deanna. They were in between buying their new house and uh, being done at their rent house, so they were living with us, and I was writing the new book uh, through the summer, um, and I was not a very happy camper because I was waking up early because I write the best in the mornings, and so I was doing that. And so I felt this strange thing as I was writing it, and then as we're getting close with the, the publishing house I'm working with, uh, and they were saying, well, hey, what, what do you want um, you know, some blurbs to be? What do you want in your bio? And what I realized is, as I was looking at this book and what I had done, I realized I, I wanted to say somewhere on there, I've discovered that anything worth doing is worth doing bad to start off. And mainly, I keep learning that through writing and especially through woodworking, which I decided like I'm old enough now, I should probably, you know, pick a hobby that like, you know, old men do. Um, And so I started into woodworking. I promised Chelsea a cutting board, you know, seven years ago. Uh, It'll be done seven years from now. But it's interesting as as I've written, as I've done some woodworking as I now take care of the house, as as I do all these kinds of things, I slow down and look back and realize I was really bad at them to start off. But I had a little bit of help in that my parents let me be bad for a while. And I had mentors who let me be bad for a while. So with my parents, I, with dad, it was working on the car and projects around the house. I remember the summer, um, my, gosh, that would have been my junior year of college, the, the summer after my junior year, uh, myself and my buddy Jeff uh, lived at the house and I was doing an internship and uh, Jeff was working at the local Y. Well, one Saturday, my dad goes, hey, uh, we need to replace this section of fence. Great, sounds good. He goes, we're gonna have to put in new posts. Anytime someone says we're gonna have to put in new posts, immediately schedule something, right? Immediately go, oh no, I have something I gotta do. Because that means you're gonna be doing one of two things or both things, which is digging post holes and carrying bags of quickcrete. And a bag of quickcrete is labeled at 50 pounds, but I guarantee you it weighs about 700. And to this day, my buddy Jeff, if my dad has a project, he won't even say anything. He'll just get in the car and leave. Because that entire day, he was lugging bags of quickcrete. 
But as I worked with my dad through all these projects growing up, he let me be bad at them so I could learn what to do. My mom, it was learning to make cinnamon rolls. That was one of the things that um, she makes the best cinnamon rolls in the world. And when I was moving out, when Chelsea and I were getting married, I said, hey, mom, will you teach Chelsea how to make these cinnamon rolls? And my mom, being brilliant, goes, well, can't you learn to make them? And I said, I guess I can. Because I'd been making them with her for a long time, but I realized all I needed was the recipe and her encouragement because she'd let me be bad at it for a long time when I was younger. We've been praying the past couple weeks for a guy named John Williams. Uh, John is, was the um, youth leader at my church for a long time. So Matt and I both grew up under John as our, um, as our youth minister. And John is a very talented musician. And there was a high school worship band. And what was great was we were not. I started off, John said, hey, you know what you should do? You should play the congas. Listen, anytime someone looks at you and goes, you know what? You should play the congas. What they're trying to do is stick you far enough in the back that no one can hear the congas being played. But John let me play. And then I bought my first guitar and he let me be bad at it. And I'm not as good as Matt, but I can still pick up a guitar and play when I want to. I can still lead worship in front of people. But it's because John gave me some time to not be great at it. This morning, we read from Matthew. And this is as Jesus is about to ascend up to heaven, and he looks at the disciples and he says, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. As we talk about community, and as we talk about what does that mean for us in our cultural goals as narrative, in the culture we want to build, one of the things we talk about is we want to do discipleship in community. We want to say, how do we train people up to follow Jesus? I would argue one of the best ways we do that is we let people be bad at it. There's, there's this idea that says as, as we look at our faith, sometimes when we hear discipleship or, or be a disciple, we look at that as like the all-star team of church, right? Like I can show up at church, but the disciples, those are the people on, you know, they're the all-stars. They've made it. But let me tell you about the original disciples, like the, the, the folks who Jesus called, the 12. Peter, idiot. I mean, just the dude was a fool. Ran his mouth. I mean, it, like how many stories do we have in Scripture where Peter just says the most dumb thing? He gets it right sometimes, but a lot of times not so much. We talked recently about the Sons of Zebedee, or the greatest band name in the Bible, the Sons of Thunder. 
And these guys get pulled aside by the other disciples because they're asking Jesus if they can be the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. You have Thomas, who when Jesus is resurrected, doubts that it has happened, even though Jesus has told him it's going to happen over and over and over. You have Mary, who when she gets to the tomb, is staring in the face of Jesus and doesn't recognize that it's him. These people are not supernatural beings. They're not some kind of far-off, unattainable person. They're people who trust the promises of Jesus and seek to follow him. And for us, that's the definition of a disciple. Someone who trusts the promises of Jesus and seeks to follow him. And for us, as we look at community together, discipleship is a key part of what we do. We do it together in the big group every Sunday, right? Why do we come together in worship? Like this is, this is kind of a weird thing to do, right? Like on Sunday mornings, I ask you guys to show up, scan a QR code, you know, battle with the website to find the worship order. And then we're all sitting here in a beer garden, having a sing-along, and then we all do this weird thing where we like confess our sins together, which is kind of strange. Then we read from a book that's 2,000 years old, and then you let a guy who likes to be in front of people talk at you for 20 minutes, 45 minutes, an hour, you know, depends. But it's such an interesting thing. Why do we do it? Well, it's because when we come together, we believe that we are a people who need to trust the promises of Jesus and seek to follow him. So we start at trust, that we do all the things we do because we believe we need to come back weekly to a place where we say, this is all founded in the ways of trusting the promises of Jesus. That when he looks at us, he says, you are worthy. You are worth my death and resurrection. That as you look about this idea of discipleship or being a disciple, don't look at that as the all-star team. If you are baptized into the faith, that is all you need. Because we start at that trust, that foundation that Jesus would choose us. Then we seek after him. That's why we are in his word every week. That's why we have a Zoom Bible study. That's why we're looking to build our groups back up because we believe it's important for us to be around the word of God together. And in fact, we believe it so much that we believe we hear from his word in an everyday reality sense. That God will be here to work through his word among us. On Sunday mornings, on a Tuesday night, heck, even on Saturday mornings. See? The Lord has spoken. That was so perfectly timed. I love being y'all's pastor. But that's, that's the point of us 
being together. Is that we seek the Lord, that we want to send you out. We say our calling is to be disciples living the story of Jesus. That's why as a church, you know, you may not see us doing a thousand programs, but part of that is because we want you to be disciples where you go. That living the story of Jesus happens where you work, where you live, and where you have fun. And so we seek together through his word, through prayer. And then we follow him where he would go. We look and we say, we do what Jesus did. We don't do it well, but we do what Jesus did. So we do that together here. Sunday is for us that time to refill, to be sent out. That's why we take communion together every other week. It's so that the Lord can serve us, refill us to send us out. But discipleship doesn't just happen here on Sunday mornings. It also happens relationally. Because we're all on a journey together. If you've ever hiked a mountain, it is both one of the most breathtaking experiences, both like figuratively and literally, but it is also the worst. Why? Because you hike a mountain, you get to the top, it's beautiful, but do you know what you have to do once you get to the top? You have to go back down. So it's like all those muscle groups that you use to go to the top are now worthless because you've now switched to another set of muscles to go back down. Now, I'm not arguing, like you should hike mountains, they're very beautiful, it's fun, whatever. But if you imagine a hike on a path like that, the blessings of being with people who encourage you, people who have been there before to say, hey, you're going the right way. Or maybe if you're going the wrong way to go, no, 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 you're going the wrong way. You see, discipleship for us happens in relationship, together with the people who are ahead of us on the path, the people who are behind us, but all of us walking together. And sometimes we have to let each other be bad at it. Now, by being bad at it, I'm not saying you're like willingly going out and disobeying Jesus. But I'm saying the Lord isn't keeping a check mark of every time you wake up and do morning devotions. I am, he's not. But he's not sitting there going, oh, you prayed five minutes, but what I've been looking for is 10 minutes. Oh, you listen to Christian music on your ride into work today? That's bonus points. We build up in our own minds this idea that trusting, seeking, and following Jesus means we have to do a bunch of things and do them perfectly. But what discipleship together means in relationship is that we look and we say, we model for those around us what discipleship means in our lives. We slow down and we dive into the word of God on a regular basis, not because we're trying to build up some kind of system of bonuses in heaven, but instead to say my life is better when I invest in God's word.
And so we do that relationally. We walk together. Discipleship happens at all times. Paul would write and say, imitate me as I imitate Christ. We want to set up ways to imitate him. We want to set up ways for others to imitate how we follow him. And it is our joy to look and to see what he has done in and amongst us. It's not complicated. It's very simple. Trust, seek, and follow. But the joy we can find when we do that is growth together. So we do it in community to see the joy of walking this path as disciples together. Let's pray. Lord, help us to trust you. When we can't, remind us that you did. Let us find joy in seeking after your word. Lord, help us to follow you in everything we do. And Lord, we give you thanks for those people who walk alongside of us, who give us something to imitate in following you, who let us be bad so that we can grow as we look at what they've done, as they encourage us to follow. Lord, let us continue to be people who seek after you. Your son, Jesus' name. Amen.